0: I think trust is hugely valuable in the legal space right like especially within pi and all forms of law i'm sure but, but but you know people really want to feel like they can trust their attorney if you're listening to this you know about podcasts but what you might not know is how valuable they can be for your business having a platform that displays both your your authority on the subject that you're an you know, expert in displays your capacity to know what you're talking about so not just authority but your ability your skill but it also allows you to build trust over time which i think is, is really valuable
1: You're listening to the Personal Injury Marketing Mastermind, the show where elite personal injury attorneys and leading edge marketers give you exclusive access to growth strategies for your firm. Harry Morton creates branded podcasts for businesses across the world. His company Lower Street has produced hundreds of episodes across industries from technology to tourism, so he knows a thing or two about making a compelling audio. We sat down to talk shop, what podcasts bring as a marketing channel, trends in the audio world, and what separates a good episode from a great one. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with search engine optimization. Being at the forefront of marketing is all about understanding people. So let's get to know our guest. Here's Harry
0: Morton, founder and CEO of Lower Street. I finished university and, and went to work in audio post-production. So I was working for a company that did a lot of big ad campaigns for the big agencies in London. So I was kind of living that that central London life, earning very little money and waking up at, you know, you were the first one in the studio in the morning and the last one to leave at night and earning the least and kind of did the the hard yards there. And I did that for a couple of years in um you know learned a lot about working in marketing working in advertising but also i learned that i, I did not like that environment it was super stressful and uh, just kind of not as rewarding as I'd kind of, you know, you, you come out of school as this sort of aspiring musician, creative person, and then you're thrust into sort of pretty fast paced ad, ad agency world. And that wasn't quite my scene. So um, I, I quit that and ended up traveling a bunch and through that experience did a, a load of sales and marketing roles from about 2012 I was listening to podcasts and was, it was my main kind of medium of consuming information. Cause I, I knew that whole time that I, I wanted to start my own thing. I just didn't know what that would look like. And it was sort of through that process of listening to a bunch of different business podcasts from Tim Ferriss to Seth Godin to, you know, whoever else that I realized that, you know, the, the answer was staring me in the face and it was podcasting. That's kind of, you know, what I, I knew audio and, and, uh, and it was, that was the opportunity for me. So that kind of led to me quitting my sales and marketing job and, and setting out on, on the, the sort of uh, journey to, to build an agency. And it's, uh, it's, it's been awesome. I guess it's funny, you sort of you start off, at least in my experience, I started a business with a fair amount of kind of, um, you know, certainly naivety and, and a fair bit of ego as well. Because, you know, I came from the audio background and I looked at right. the landscape of people running podcast agencies and thought, you know, I can do better than that. Like, they're, they're not so good. I, you know, I can do better. And so sort of jumped into it feet first. But luckily for me, it's kind of panned out. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. And we're we're a very happy client of yours. Uh you know, the rankings podcast uses your company Lower Street. And we're gonna really dive in that in a moment, but your story reminds me a lot of the e-myth, the Michael Gerber, mm-hmm. the technician. You know, then they're like, Oh, I I can do it better. I mean, that's right. I that's the story of a lot of entrepreneurs and yeah. And I appreciate that. And and I, I think that's a, a neat trajectory that everything kind of aligns sales and marketing, your audio
0: coming from that angle that the, the constant battle you're facing then is trying to get yourself out of doing all of the, of the work, right? Cause it's your expertise. It's why you started that business. And so suddenly it becomes harder to sort of, yeah, remove yourself from being that expert on the ground, right. And instead of, kind yeah. of managing and, and growing and strategy and so on. Absolutely. And I think that's a, str- a struggle that many of us have uh, just mm.
1: many business owners. One of the things I want to talk about is Lower Street's already been, you know, remote through the entire pandemic, and Mm -hmm. you've hosted over 150 episodes in the podcast called uh, Work From Home. You know, are there any tips for those who have transitioned to working from home? You know, s- some things that have really helped you succeed in that area?
0: Yeah, so we started the, that that podcast in, uh, we ran it all through 2020 as a kind of a response to the pandemic because, um, you know, we're a remote team already. So we kind of felt like we had some stuff to chat about there and it was something we were, we were really interested in. The themes that came out of it mostly were, were just around the kind of psychological side of it rather than like get this chair or this piece of software and you'll be set. I think it was just so much more around like, taking care of yourself essentially i think what what we saw like loads of people doing was actually working more as a result of working from home rather than less you know the kind of dream that everyone has in their mind of i'm going to work from home and i can put my feet up and it's going to be great there's no commute but actually what people were doing was just working a ton more and it's it's actually much harder to switch off because of that so basically the, the best advice i have is go for more walks give yourself more breaks i mean give yourself a break Literally and give yourself a break figuratively as well, you know, don't I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves to kind of Do that stuff. So yeah, that would be it time away from the computer is is as productive as time in front of it as 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 we see it and removing distractions as well Like I live in a house with a toddler and a baby. So it's it's not so easy to remove distractions There can be lots of those at home
1: You know, one of the things that, that I just realized when you're speaking about this is When I was working from home now, I'm back in our commercial space But when I was working from home our master bedrooms on the same floor as our office. So it's like roll out of the bed, get ready, and you're at work. Right. And I just always felt like I was at work. And before I met my wife, I didn't even sleep in the master bedroom. I slept downstairs because <laughs> yeah. in the smaller room because it felt like I was off work when I went downstairs into the basement. Mm-hmm. It was like a, an easy transition to like sh- like flip the switch in the mind. I don't know what it, it, it actually really worked. And that's part of the reason why I like coming to the office is like, okay, I'm going to the office to work. Now, when
0: I go home, I'm off work. Absolutely. You know, there's this concept of, uh, of the third space that was um, kind of written about by this Australian author who I forgot the name of. So I'll make sure our writers put it in the show notes, but he basically did a ton of research about this. And it's the idea of the third space, that being the space between work and home. So you have that kind of like, even if it's a two minute thing. And so what he recommended is that literally you finish work, you walk out the front door, you walk around the block for two minutes, come back in the house and it just allows that kind of reset, kind of like what you're saying, right? Like if your work is upstairs and your home is downstairs, you kind of have that mental switch. So I think even if we don't have the commute, the kind of virtual commute is kind of really important too. Super smart. Super smart. I like that a lot. So let's dive right
1: into your expertise. Let's, let's dive right into branded podcasts and you have so much to offer here. And I'm really excited about this. Let's start with the basics. You know, what can a podcast do for your business that you can't get from other mediums?
0: Yeah. So I think what podcasting does best is we see levels of engagement that you just don't see in any other media. I think, you know, if we, if we look at the statistics behind, and we do, we spend a lot of time nerding out on this stuff behind the kind of consumption of a podcast, let's say a 30 minute podcast, you know, we're commonly seeing 80, 85, 90% completion rates, meaning the average listener is listening to you know, 90% of that content of a 30 minute episode, that's a period of time that you're spending with your, with your customer, with your client, with your prospect that you just can't get anywhere else. So if you, you know, for example, we compare that to social, you'll be really hard pressed to get, you know, the average person to listen to more than five, 10, maybe percent of a a video that you put out on social or, you know, a post or whatever email open rates, you know, anything above 50% is, is a really great rate. And so to be able to, consistently week over week spend 30 minutes of your time with the people that you're trying to reach is is really powerful um, and I guess the other side is the level of authenticity it's a very intimate medium right we, we sit here with headphones on it's kind of a one-to-one medium rather than a standing on a stage where you're talking to a thousand people at once it feels like it's kind of one-to-one and so that level of um, relationship you can build with your audience is super powerful so yeah that's that's what we we see we're over 70 episodes now. and I never thought
1: of it like that. I can't imagine if I was trying to hold someone's attention on YouTube, right. <laughs> Like, what would I have to do to keep them for 30 minutes on a consistent basis? Whereas podcasts, it's, you know, individuals probably listen to the whole episode um, every time. Exactly.
0: Right. And, and that's partly because of what you're used to. It's the habit you're used to listening to podcasts, but it's also because you can listen while you're driving or walking the dog or doing the dishes or whatever. So it's, it can be something you're doing when your hands are busy, you know?
1: Yeah, so, so let's talk about how do podcasts fit into an overall marketing strategy, like an overall larger marketing strategy for a business.
0: Sure, so I think I think where we see podcasts is, is they're very much a top of funnel thing. You know, we're talking about the marketing funnel. It's a, a very early stage piece of that funnel. I mean, you can, of course, optimize your show to, to serve whatever purpose you want. But generally speaking, the reason that it's very powerful is it's you're able to build that trust with your audience. And so it might be that you're putting out content and in your case, it's about SEO you know, you can put out really valuable content on SEO and your ideal buyer might be out there listening to this right now. And they're not ready today, but they're ready in, you know, six months, a year's time. But during that period of listening to you talk about what you know best, they've built an incredible amount of trust um, in you. So I think that's, that's where podcasting is, is really valuable. I think we also see a lot of value right down at the, beyond the funnel actually, and your existing clients, I think in terms of kind of educating your customers maybe less so in in the sort of services space, the agency space that that you and I are in, but the kind of SaaS space, the the software space, I think a lot of times customers can be educated on how to be successful with their tools. And that can be a really great way to kind of continue that relationship beyond the the point of them kind of making a purchase decision. So that's where I see podcasting. It's really great right at the beginning and it's really great at retaining people and keeping them on into the future. So kind of like that,
1: no, like more on that end. I guess it hits the even the trust aspect too, the no like and so, trust. Because
0: it's so personal. Like I think mm-hmm. listeners of this show will feel that like they have a, a really good understanding of who you are as a person, Chris. And I think that's a super powerful thing.
1: Absolutely. And you know, one other thing that I heard at the recently that was kind of surprising, but it does make sense is the the income, the overall average income of someone mm-hmm. that listens to a podcast is significantly higher. You know, have yep. you heard of any statistics
0: or you know, anything related to the general audience of those that listen to podcasts? Yeah, you're right. So the archetypal podcast listener, and that's changing all the time, right? Because, you know, for example, Spotify are are making a huge amount of noise in the podcast space right now, and they have just an an enormous kind of footprint globally. And that's really changing the landscape of podcasting, actually. But the core kind of base of podcasting is, you know, is really built um, around people that are well-educated university education and beyond, as you mentioned, kind of higher earners. Uh, it very slightly skews male, but I think that that's that's changing all the time. And it's biggest in, you know, the biggest markets are in the US, UK, Canada, Australia, those kinds of places. So in terms of that kind of B2B play, it's a, it's a great medium that is listened to by the right folks, at least for most businesses.
1: Having launched dozens of shows, Harry has seen what it takes to get a podcast off the ground. I asked him his advice for businesses that are thinking about
0: venturing into the world of podcasts. The first and most important thing is really to think about why you're making a podcast, because I think a lot of people come to us and they say, we've got this great idea for a show. We're really excited. We're going to build a huge audience. It's going to be great. And I think what they quite often do is, will come to me with a concept, and so they've, you know, they've got this idea. We're going to speak to X group of people about this topic, and this is how we're going to be. You know, this is why the show is going to be great. I think where we see the most success is when people actually think about instead, what is the business objective I have here? What am I trying to achieve? Who am I trying to reach? Like, so who's our target buyer or prospect or whatever that we we want to be our audience, and what do they need right now that we can offer? Because rather than coming at it from, here's the show I've got this idea for, how do I find the listeners that I want to listen to it? We prefer to go the other way and say, here are the listeners. Here's what you have to offer. How can we build something that kind of meets their needs? So like, what shows are they already listening to? What other podcasts are already serving that vertical? Where are their gaps? And, and how can we make something unique? Because, you know, we're in a world where there's 2 million podcasts in existence. So there's no shortage of choice. So we need to make sure that we're actually offering something genuinely unique and, and differentiated. And the other thing I would say is that while it's incredibly important to come out of the gate sounding good and, you know, because you want to represent yourself properly in this, in this medium, getting started is just the most important thing. You know, if you're a, a DIY podcaster or you're considering starting podcasting, start now because, you know, the old cliche, the best time to start a podcast was 10 years ago, but the second best time is today. So just get started because it will take a while to kind of seed that that listenership. And so, you know, the effect over time will will certainly compound. So yeah, get started.
1: I love that piece of advice. And I want to talk about the opposite end of this just briefly before we talk about some more advantages and things. Where where do you see just some of the the most common issues? Where Where do companies go wrong with their show typically?
0: I think it's just in not doing enough preparation. I think a lot of folks come into podcasting and go, Cool, uh, you know I'm in blockchain technology. I've got this great idea. I'm going to interview blockchain technologists, and uh, we're just going to put that out, and that's going to be great. and and doubtless there will be some value there. But I think, what would really benefit most podcasters is to spend just a lot more time preparing that, not just the concept of what the show is going to be, but also preparing for each individual episode. Um, Because rather than just sitting down with someone and hoping that you have an engaging conversation, really spending the time to think about what unique value does this person have to offer and how can we dig that out of them? I think that's where we see mistakes being made is just people kind of, basically doing you know the easy route right just kind of going cool these are the guests we'll sit down we'll record them for an hour and it'll it'll be great the truth is great shows take more work than that is is, is the truth of it
1: yeah and that's that's one of the reasons why I love working with your company because your company oh. does a lot of that guest <laughs> research really preps right. the the excellent questions you know so I, I've got to do my own research and I asked you before this I was like well did you cheat did you look at the the research <laughs> notes and we were talking about having this you know, genuine kind of live conversation. But I found even in a previous episode where I talked to Jordan Harbinger, he was like, one of the best things that I do is a tremendous amount of research on the front end. He even reads the book typically of an author and um, it leads to a better type of conversation because you can really speak to them in a more authentic way
0: in an authentic way also a way that specifically applies to your audience because everyone's audience is different and so you're not just kind of asking generic stuff you're asking stuff that's really interesting to them also you're offering questions that haven't been asked before because you can check out other podcasts they've been on and things like that and rather than going through the same kind of thing so you know how did you get into x y and z you can actually you know really try and ask unique questions that haven't been sort of talked about before Yeah, absolutely.
1: And just briefly, just, you know, rankings is all about SEO. Just so I just want to talk about a couple, you know, what are what are some of the SEO benefits of a podcast and, and how can you repurpose your content to improve your SEO?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it. I think podcasting, you're, you're getting really rich content here you know you're having a conversation with subject matter experts who can really you know offer a, a really high level of, of value and for that to j- only exist in audio form is, is kind of a, a waste of that i think it's a perfect kind of piece of content to to repurpose into other formats and of course that lends itself to writing articles blog posts even transcripts i mean i think i mean you tell me you're, you're the podcasting expert uh, sorry the seo expert but uh, you know transcripts now that Google can start to crawl audio, you know the value of transcripts, I don't know. I find that really interesting that debate. but nevertheless, I think having a written version of your your audio content is just a a complete no-brainer. So yeah, I think that there's a a lot of a kind of SEO value in podcasting. And I think as I, as I've sort of said, Google are crawling audio. I think as that continues to become more of a thing and Google is serving audio results as part of their you know in the serps, I think that will start to become a really interesting space. so um so yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I've noticed is if if you're a guest on like a webinar or a YouTube show, a lot of times they don't do a transcript, but almost all podcasts do a transcript and they almost mm-hmm. always link back to the the guest. Yes. So it's a great way to obtain backlinks. You just get on somebody's show and have a good conversation. The other I'm thing sure. that I noticed, too, was, you know, the transcripts themselves, like maybe they don't rank the best for SEO for those really high you know high intent phrases but it gives the guests something to link back to because they typically don't share the apple link the link back to the transcript right and you know we had Seth Godin on uh several episodes ago and I was shocked I jumped into my ARES and I was like oh we got a link from Seth and and that's what he did he linked back to the transcript
0: incredible i mean yeah that's huge value
1: yeah we obviously come at marketing from a legal perspective and we found a lot of success in this podcast. You know, why do you think podcasts work so well for the legal industry specifically?
0: Yeah. Well, I mentioned podcasting as a trust thing, right? Like, cause we really get to know the the, the host of a show over time. I think trust is hugely valuable in the legal space, right? Like, especially within PI and all forms of law, I'm sure, but, but, but you know, people really want to feel like they can trust their attorney. And I think that having a platform that displays both your, your authority on the subject that you're an expert in, displays your your kind of capacity to know what you're talking about. So not just authority, but sort of your ability, your skill, but it also allows you to build trust over time, which I think is, is really valuable. The other thing actually, specifically to law firms that I think we've seen some really great success with is that um, the podcast can be a great way to, to feature as guests or to have as your audience, ideal referral partners. A lot of firms have found that just by starting new relationships with potential referral partners, just by literally asking them to be on the show as their guest has been really powerful for them. Yeah, I love that aspect because, you know, the legal environment's really fractured by
1: geography mm. or practice area. And it gives a, it's a way to kind of get your foot in the door to these other states, other great trial attorneys and other locations, just have them on the podcast, build a relationship. Definitely. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Lower Street. I want to talk about what you guys do. And and uh, I just have to share from my perspective, it was just a way to, elevate and improve our podcast. I love the voiceovers, the research you guys do, but it's kind of given me, uh, our audience who, who may not have heard about lower street, you know, what you guys do and, and, um, how you help individuals with their podcast.
0: Yeah. So, well, I mean, thank you for for asking. Really, we're just, we're podcasting nerds. It's all we do. So we can help really with any aspect of show creation, whether that be from developing a concept for a new show. As I mentioned, so much of the focus is on, you know, what are we trying to achieve with this show as a business rather than let's just make a thing. Let's try and make sure that this podcast delivers on stuff. So really kind of formulating strategy around a show. Through the production process And as you mentioned You know we're really interested In doing great shows Not good shows And so that involves A lot of back end work so our our producers will research and write prep sheets for our hosts so that they can go into those interviews, you know, fully prepared and researched. We can help with kind of scripting and, and all that kind of good stuff. Um so really trying to make the best shows possible. And then we can help on the back end in terms of distribution and promotion and kind of growing that audience after the fact. So yeah, that's that's what we're all about. And and we work exclusively with brands. So we don't kind of uh we work much less with folks that are using the podcast to to monetize. We're really interested in working with businesses and how they can leverage it for their their marketing.
1: Plenty of people have already drank the podcast Kool Aid, but with more players entering the space, you've got to make your show really stand out. So I asked
0: Harry, "What does it take to take your podcast to the next level?" You sort of talked about narration, and, and we've kind of spoken briefly about the fact that some folks will just kind of sit down in front of a mic, record a conversation for an hour, maybe edit out a couple of arms and hers and, and call it good, put it out. I'm not saying there's no value to that content. That can be absolutely great. And indeed, I listen to lots of those shows. But I think where we really can start to set shows apart is doing the hard work for the listener. And what that looks like is maybe not playing the entire episode unabridged with a couple of you know short edits. It's actually saying, where are the core kind of bits of vital information here? Let's reduce it to, to just those and then link that together with narration so that we can fill any gaps for the listener So, for example, if I waffle on with with a boring story about my childhood, you know, instead of forcing the listener to listen to 15 minutes of me ramble on about my grandmother, you could instead say in five seconds of narration script, you know, Harry grew up in the southwest of England and he chose to go down this path and so on. And so we're... Doing that hard work for the listener and and making sure that they're getting, you know, an incredibly punchy, high value, let's say 30 minute episode rather than a kind of more meandering hour long episode, which will contain the same value, but much less likely to get as many people listen to it as you would on the kind of more condensed version. So, yeah, I hope that answers the question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So. I've got another question that, that I've just always thought about is the the release cadence. Yep. You know, the weekly show, the daily show, the twice a week, you know, mm-hmm. I guess that you can succeed in, in a variety of different manners, but, but yeah. typically where do you see the most success? Is it released on a Monday? Is it released
0: on a Friday? So yeah, we're really talking kind of hacking on that front. Data shows that the biggest download days for podcasts are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we typically recommend that that folks release their episodes on those days. Tuesday's our favorite day because then you're at the you're at the beginning of that kind of wave. I think we're splitting hairs there though. You know, if you already release on a Monday, it's it's that's not a reason to change it. I think the biggest thing is consistency. You talked about kind of consistency before, I think, and putting the work in over time, working for those 70 episodes that you've done that's when the dividends really start to pay off and it's you know setting that expectation with your listener you know the rankings podcast is going to be here every week um you know when to expect it and that's that's a really important thing so some clients say to us we want to release a show every month because we don't think we can manage any more than that I recommend that the month is too infrequent because folks just forget the show exists basically in between episodes. You want to really create that habit in our listeners. But we see every two weeks and, and every week being, you know, equally effective. The final thing I'll say rather than waffling on for too long is that if you feel like every two weeks is too much, you, you don't feel like you could pull it off. What we recommend doing instead is saying, OK, cool, well, let's take those 12 episodes you would have done over this calendar year on a monthly basis and put that out as a season. And so release those as weekly episodes for a season and then just do that for a quarter and then take six months, nine months off, whatever works for you, because you will get much, much more feedback, much more engagement, much more you know value from that. If you do it within, you know, on that weekly cadence and then just take a break. So that would be my kind of advice on that one.
1: Yeah, I think that's super smart. And I originally tried to do two a week. And what I found just from a personal level is it's really hard to promote two right i really want to give the guests the the full attention and really appreciate them for coming on the show and if i do like a tuesday thursday mm-hmm. you know it just seems like one of them is discredited
0: right and and also you're missing out on a bit of opportunity for that you know we talked about repurposing the content if you've only got two days to kind of do your social stuff and your blog posts and you're not really giving it the full dues, I think, you know, multiple times a week works for shows that are maybe shorter form. So let's say you had a 15 minute show that might not even be an interview show. It's just kind of, you, you know, you're making shorter form content, then multiple times a week works really well. But like you say, if you've got a guest and you really want to sort of, you know, respect the value that they're offering the audience, you need to give it a decent amount of airtime. So I, I agree with you. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So a couple couple final questions here, Harry. So you know, wh- where do you see the audio industry going in the next couple of years?
0: Well, I think it's a really exciting time. There is a lot of a lot of change and uh, a lot of investment in the space. So Spotify have been spending you know hundreds of millions of dollars on a bunch of acquisitions around the podcasting. they they're really betting heavily on podcasting's growth. Apple Podcasts have come up with a, a slate of announcements recently that are making lots of changes. Uh, and Apple has been the sort of leader in the podcasting space to this point, and so they're kind of you know restating their claim and and kind of helping to move the medium forward. And then lots of other players are entering also. So I think there's a lot of activity here, and and all of that kind of investment and you know the advertising revenue for the industry is is set to hit two billion for 2022. They're expecting. Um, 2 billion in, in, in advertising revenue in the space. So it's, it's becoming a really legitimate industry. And I think that that means that that's great for us that are, that are in the podcasting industry. That's great for us as businesses that are leveraging podcasts. But what it also means is that more people talking about it, more awareness of it means that the listenership is going up as well. So it's, it's growing the pie. So if you're, you know, if you're reticent to get into podcasting, you think all shows have been done. Well, the good news is actually, firstly, that's not true. And secondly, listenership is, is, is growing all the time. And so I think it's a, it's a really exciting time to, to be in podcasting.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And when I think of the competition versus other mediums, other channels and what you have
0: to mm. do to stand out and right. compared to podcasting, I still think we're in those early adoption type days. Completely agree. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think if you start a YouTube channel, you've got a really hard battle to to kind of fight the crowd there. Whereas in podcasting, there's still a lot of open space. Absolutely.
1: So you listen to a lot of podcasts, you're, you're involved in a lot of them. You know, what, what are some of the podcasts our guests, uh, mostly personal injury attorneys should be listening to?
0: Well, one that I would, I must give you, you had Seth Godin on the show a while ago. I'm a big fan of Seth and everything he puts out is awesome. So Akimbo, A K I M B O, MBO is one that I listen to all the time and, and highly recommend. There are a bunch of business podcasts I could I could talk about, but maybe not interesting to everybody. So I think I want to give some non-business r- recommendations so that folks can just listen to a really great piece of podcasting art from across the pond as well. So there's. I should be clear. This is one question I prepared for, because I thought I'd probably get asked it. <laughs> so West Cork is a podcast about an Irish murder case from the 90s. Absolutely awesome, awesome show. Um, really gripping if you're into your true crime stuff. Uh, and another one is The Missing Crypto Queen, which was a UK production all about this really shady character who invented a cryptocurrency. And uh, I, I don't want to give any any spoilers. It's a, an amazing story. If you've got some time um, while you're you know driving or doing the dishes, I would recommend listening to to that. Thanks for those recommendations. And final question here, you know, what's next for lower street, uh, more growth, basically. Um, you know, I talked about the growth in the podcasting industry. We've been incredibly lucky to be in a, in a good place at a good time. And so we doubled in size through 2020. And so, you know, really, I'm just focused on scaling the team right now. We we're onboarding two new producers are joining the team as we speak. Um, and we've got two more coming. So really it's just about kind of growing the team to, to serve our clients and, just produce better and better shows. That's really all we're interested in is is, is just honing the craft and being the best production company out there.
1: As a client, I've obviously bought into what Harry is doing. There's so much value to be had in a well-made podcast. You create content, establish trust, generate backlinks, establish relationships. And like Harry said, if you don't have one yet, the best time to start is now. I'd like to thank Harry Morton from Lower Street for sharing his story with us, and I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to the Personal Injury Marketing Mastermind. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to master personal injury marketing.